All right. So um, I guess uh, I'm I'm all ears. What's um, what's right. the story? Well, I definitely want to mention I'm feeling incredibly anxious right now. Um, and the thought is like um, that there's going to be lots of face palms. <laughs> um, like dotes. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, so basically second, I'm, I just, started... I'm just going to put some some padded gloves on and I would certainly suggest <laughs> that other people either wear a soft leathery helmet uh, or <laughs> And, and do not wear sunglasses because that can uh, that can break. But sorry, please go on. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, I um, I got into a relationship just recently. Um, this was uh, maybe a month and a half ago. And um, and just to um, kind of I guess clarify what the um, what the topic was. It was uh, it's about like uh, self trust. Um, as far as um, as this uh, uh, new relationship goes uh, for myself, um, and uh, yeah, so I can start off. Um, um, so so basically, I'm I'm uh, I have stopped myself from breaking up with this uh, person like four times, um, and. Um, and I keep talking myself out of it, um, thinking like how much room, uh, to give to, to people just starting out and, and haven't done philosophy, haven't done, um, uh, FDR and, um, and isn't, um, you know, uh, hasn't read RTR and all that stuff. So, um, So yeah, I um, I'm basically getting a, in, into a conversation uh, with him, and right when I'm about to like say this is not going to work, I um, I stop myself, and I um, and then afterwards I kind of I guess come up with uh, reasons why I shouldn't do it, and um, um, yeah, I've just I've gotten a lot of kind of red flags and. Um, and I've uh, and RTR with him has been uh, completely impossible. It's like RTRing with a fog machine, or um, and uh, yeah, I'm getting really warm right now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and do you, I mean I'm I'm happy to to continue listening, or I can I can ask questions. Uh, of course, whenever I start hearing stuff, I always come up with ten million questions um, just to, sure. to set the stage. But I'm happy to to listen if you wanted to keep talking. But usually, when people stall, it's because they're uh, they're not sure what to say next. Yeah. No. Please, please go ahead. Okay. And uh, how how long have you been going out with this fellow? About a month and a half. And um, what was your attraction to him? Um, well, um, funny, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> he's cute and funny. Sorry, go on. Yeah, Wait, yeah. We'll, we'll braid each other's hair and continue. Um, <laughs> I, I might be at work a little longer than you, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Well, um, um, uh, pretty much, uh, he came across as really curious, especially, um, about me. He, um, asked me very direct questions, um, like, Pretty much, and our first date was at a fungus fair, <laughs> where they like set up. I'm mushrooms. sorry. Um, 
just checking my audio here. Um, did you say fungus fair? Fungus fair, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, we hung out one time before that, and it was... No, 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 no. Not before, but the fungus <laughs> fair. Let's just, just pause for a moment to enjoy the resonance of that first date environment of a fungus fair. Um, because to me, that sounds like the hot tub in Jersey Shore, but uh, it probably <laughs> is not the same thing for you. So perhaps you could explain that a little. Yeah, well, um, I'm into mushrooms. I like going out and picking mushrooms. I've done it since I was uh, pretty young, uh, mainly just, just one type. But um, yeah, wild mushrooms. And so we went on a, um, uh, it was basically a class for, um, for wild mushroom identification. Um, and that was kind of the first thing that we did uh, together. It was just kind of, a, you know, there was a big group of us and, um, and we got to walk around the woods and, and identify mushrooms. And so, um, um, yeah, so uh, basically we both had an interest in that. And so we went to um, the fungus fair and, um, and chatted. But um, um, definitely uh, the first things that I, that I kind of liked about him, and this was before we even were introduced or anything, uh, was he was uh, kind of soft-spoken and, uh, and uh, very um, engaging, like uh, uh, eye contact and, um, and pretty confident. He's a, um, he's a botanist, too. He does uh, like a native, uh, native plant um, landscaping, and um, he's pretty successful in his... Um, in his career, like he did uh, a, a lot of work on the green roof at uh, the Academy of Sciences in right. San Francisco. And um, um, yeah, so it was a lot of uh, like direct questioning and um, definitely intelligent, um, um, interested in science. He, he basically talked a lot about um, uh, certain uh, uh, studies that he had been uh, reading about and um, and listening about, uh, he has a, not a podcaster, but a radio uh, person that he likes to listen to on AM radio. And so he had a lot of interesting um, things to talk about. And he uh, minored in psychology. And um, later on, I found out that he had gone to therapy for, for two years. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fogging now. <laughs> oh, no problem. I just, I just wonder because I can hear some background noise. I'm just wondering if um, perhaps spores or fungus might be creeping up behind you. Uh, <laughs> anything slithering over your shoulder. Uh, it just sounds like you're in the middle of a spore fest, but uh, no problem. Uh, well, this all sounds, I mean, far from face planting, uh, this all sounds uh, like a highly good potential this is that i mean that's what it seems like to me it's not like you know well uh he fell through the roof of my house while trying to break in uh i saw that he had a butterfly tattoo on his left butt <laughs> and i'm like hey you're the guy for me but next time please if you're gonna rob somebody at least wear a jock so this is not that kind of guy right this is a guy who's an intelligent educated he's done some therapy he knows something about psychology you share an interest in mushrooms <laughs> which you know it's not uh, it's not a it's not a wide net that you would uh, be able to cast to find people who fit that category uh so <laughs> that doesn't sound so bad <laughs> no and he's an atheist too all right um, well you know he studied science and biology so the likelihood is yeah. 
He's either going like, to be completely mental or an atheist, right? So, okay. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. And, and so those were the, basically, those were the first uh, kind of uh, things. And, um, you know, I'm going to start going into the uh, uh, not so attractive things now. Well, no, um, I mean, if you don't mind, I mean, I'd like to know a little sure. bit more about, uh, I, I, I don't date anymore. So, so please let me live vicariously. Um, okay. What are we wearing on our first date? No. Uh, what, uh, I mean, so, so you started chatting with this guy. I guess there was a mutual attraction. I mean, you found him physically attractive. Is that right? Um, not right away, but, um, but yeah, after I spent more time with him and, oh, and right away, with- man, it's covered in fungus. Of course, you're not going to find, you've got to scrub him down, <laughs> get a hazmat suit or two on and full body condom and then have a hug or at least a handshake. Okay. So, um, uh, so, but there was at least some attraction in terms of getting to know each other. And did you guys decide to go on a date? Uh, and, and what happened then? Um, yeah, it, basically he would, he was a customer, uh, or still is, I guess, a customer at my work and he would come in. Um, it's been like, um, God, about eight months that, that he's been coming in, but I, um, I really didn't notice him until, uh, he introduced himself to me. Hmm. Um, and, um, I mean, I, I, I recognized him as a customer but um i didn't he didn't stand out to me as far as like a um like a potential uh date or anything like that right and um yeah and so uh we talked quite a bit in uh at the restaurant it was kind of difficult because i would you know i had to do my job sure um uh during that time so i couldn't really relax but um so uh so then um he um I I invited him to a um a kayaking uh trip that a bunch of my, my coworkers and I were going to do and um and he happened to own a kayak and there's kind of a lot of those things we're we're definitely interested in a lot of the same things but um um, and then Wait, he... so come on, come on. This, I mean, this is starting to sound like this is invented, right? I mean, he likes <laughs> mushrooms, and you're like, "Hey, I'm into kayaking. I have a kayak." I mean, did he, <laughs> was it new? Like, did he did he rip the tag off? It is like, "Oh yeah, I've had this thing for years." Was he that into you? And it's like, "Fuck, okay, I'll go buy a kayak." Oh, fine, I'll be into mushrooms. Whatever. The, come on. <laughs> you must have read my plus be list. True, you know. Sorry. <laughs> you must have read my plus list. <laughs> right, 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 right. Backstreet Boys, their first tour. That's I was at every show. I loved them because I think I read that somewhere about you. <laughs> right, that's the tattoo of the boys on his back or something. But anyway, okay. So you you have a lot in common in terms of hobbies and stuff like that, and you're both yeah. in the league of superhero people who get lots of things done and go out a lot and see sunshine and all that. So this is this is good. So sorry, please go on. Sure, and uh, so so basically, after I asked him um, to uh, to go kayaking, he said. Uh, sure. And then um, he happened to leave at the same time that I was getting off work. And um, <laughs> sorry, he was leaving the restaurant. It's like, oh, she's getting off work. Quick, give me the check. I'm give me the outside box. wearing some sort of canoe with spores. Right. OK. <laughs> and uh, and so, um, um, yeah, so we ran into each other outside and then he said, um he said, "Hey, I I just want to make sure and and let you know that um, uh, like that there's no misunderstandings or whatever. But I am um I'm seeing somebody right now. And uh, wait, um, wait, 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 sorry, I just have to adjust my helmet. Three, two, one. 
Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he tells you, so you, you, you're sort of flirting a little bit or you're chatting with the guy and you invite him yeah. to come um, kayaking. Uh, and he yeah. says, yes, I have a kayak. Uh, it's in my pants and I'm very pleased to see you. <laughs> and then outside he says, listen, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm seeing somebody else while accepting a quasi-date invitation from you. Yeah, and the immediate thing that I said was like, oh, maybe she can come too. And then there, you can hand palm that one too, but... Well, especially for the double entendre, but but that's just that's just a minor bit of icing on a on a shit sandwich. So, okay, so um, so when he said that, when he said that, what was your first feeling? Humiliation. Right. Right. Because because that that's the moment, right? That that to me is the important moment because that's before uh, before everything, right? Right. Uh, I don't know who that is typing, but. Uh, please mute yourself if you can. Okay, so because because I think that that moment is is really important, and and I'm you know all joking aside, I'm really sorry. That is a um, I mean a seriously crappy thing to do to someone, in my opinion. Um, but but I think it's that moment that uh, um, that that is important. So he says that. I, I mean, did that take you by surprise? Yes. Yeah, it did take me by surprise um, because, you know, to me it was like, um, you know, there's flirtation going on and there's all these things. And then um, and then um, and then he's like, well, I, I just want to make sure there's no misunderstanding. It's like, but <laughs> but. There well, do you think that it doesn't, it, just, it doesn't seem to me like that was a very fair thing to say to you? Uh, that, that's interesting because after after the humiliation, I I started feeling like, well, that's really honest of him, and that's yeah. I don't think that was. I don't uh, think that was. Uh, right. I don't think that was. Um, you see, I I don't have to say that to anyone. I mean, I really I really don't have to say. I I I never have to say just so there's no misunderstanding, right? Hmm. Hmm. Right. Because there is no misunderstanding. My, you know, my communication lines are pretty clear with people. I don't get into a lot of confusing situations um, where some guy shows up, I don't know, with fishing tackle for a kite flying expedition. Right. I mean, I don't because because I'm being sort of clear up front now. So then he says, just so that there's no confusion, that is a very interesting thing to say, because I mean, I'm always about look at the very, very first thing mm. that happens that, that is of any significance more than, you know, you know, what did you have for lunch or whatever. But, but that's mm. very interesting. So, because, because he's, he's sort of saying that you may be going ahead of where he wants to, or is able to go. Right. But I'm telling you, you, you don't do that. If you're in a relationship, you don't accept invitations from single members of the opposite sex to go out yeah like you just you just don't i mean that's to me that's not even close right and you certainly don't wait to say after you've accepted the invitation that you're seeing someone right i I didn't even think of that yeah i mean just i mean tell me if i mean if i'm way too old-fashioned or whatever 
but that just seems to me like a pretty basic thing. Sure. Yeah. So I think mixed signals um, are pretty, uh, pretty evident there. Definitely. Okay. So I'm still like to know more about what, uh, what occurred for you when, when he said that, because obviously it took you significantly by surprise. And it seems to me that it, it would, because that is not average behavior. That is not behavior within the bounds of common courtesy, right? Like, l- let's say that, that, that you and I are, are, are at the airport, right? And we're both waiting for We don't know each other, and, and we're both waiting for a cab. And we get into a cab. It's really cold. We, you know, I say, I'm going to Mississauga. And you say, hey, I live in Mississauga. There's no other cabs coming. Do you mind if we split a cab, right? And I say, sure. You know, let's, I've done that before. So let's split a cab, right? And then uh, you ask me on a date, which, of course, you would be inevitably drawn to do. I mean, that's just like, <laughs> but no, like you ask me out on a date and I say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm married, right? Right. Then that to me is an example. Like, and we've barely ta- we've barely talked, right? Mm-hmm. That right. to me would be misunderstanding the situation, right? Right. But if you've been chatting with someone, you've seen this guy for eight months. I assume he's not been in there necking with some harem, right? So I mean, there's no particular. He doesn't have a ring on his finger. Um, there's no particular evidence. He's never mentioned a girlfriend. Um, I know that you guys haven't had long involved chats over that eight month period, but then you're chatting a little bit and you're talking about shared interests and so on. Right. That is uh, that's that's flirty behavior, right? That is. Um, it definitely uh, was. Right. 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 So it's it's a very weird thing to uh, to say, in my opinion, like to go through that phase and then to say, hey, I'm seeing someone. Right. Yeah. And I'm seeing all of the interactions since that interaction unfolding before my eyes. And I'm like, no. Right. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, do you need a moment for your own face palm? Do you you need a moment for that? (laughs) No, but but this is this is about uh, I mean this is about prevention, not cure, right? Philosophy is about prevention, not cure, in my opinion. So, uh, so, so the question is: is the self RTR in that moment, right? What would have been the most honest thing? And I'm not saying you should have been honest to him, but let's say you were to say the most honest thing to say in that moment when he said, "I'm seeing someone." You mean to him or to myself? Uh, Just. It doesn't doesn't matter in particular. Sometimes it could be easier to think of saying it to someone else because it's a little clearer. But either way, whatever, whichever one works. Um, then why are you flirting with me? That's um, <laughs> <laughs> now that that is that is honest because but, but that's not very honest because you know the answer to that, right? Artia. <laughs> Right, you know that you know you mentioned the book earlier, right? So let's let's pretend that we both read it and <laughs> talk about because that's sort of a confrontational question, and that that comes out of anger, and I think the anger is justified, right. in my opinion, because I think that that's that's a mean trick to play on someone, right? To to flirt, to to chat, to have them ask you out, or you know whatever, and then say I'm involved with someone. That's that's a that's a jerky thing to do to someone, in my opinion, and and that to me would be something to get get annoyed at, if not angry about. And that's what you say. Well, why are you flirting with me? 
It's because you know the answer to that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it would be. Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling a bit humiliated right now. Go on a bit. A bit. Um, oh, um, Is it that you have the feelings, but you're not sure how to put them into words or are the feelings themselves hard to access? Um, to put them into words, I'm shaking right now. Right. Right. Because this, this, this can't be an unfamiliar situation to you in your life, this bait and switch, this uh, where the other person acts as if something is completely normal when something is not normal. Right. Pushing the entire weight of craziness on you, right? Like when, when someone flirts with you and then you ask them out and they say yes and they, they haven't mentioned at all that they're in a relationship and then afterwards they say, oh, just so there's no misunderstanding, they're placing <sighs> the onus of misunderstanding on you. Oh, Right. Like, l let me give you a silly example. Like, you work at a restaurant, right? So I come in and I order, I don't know, what's your most expensive dish? Something with fish, probably, right? Some, some monster fish. Monet. I'm sorry? Lobster Monet. Okay, Lobster Monet. That's, that, for those who don't know, that's lobster done in a French impressionistic style. <laughs> um, boom. Oh, he's on tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I've been speaking to too many economists, so uh, I have to have these, uh, got to get these out of my system. So I order the Lobster Monet, and... Um, um, some dessert and your most expensive bottle of wine, right? And then after uh, I, I finish and I burp and uh, I, I say to you as my waiter, I says, hey, listen, just so there's no misunderstanding, I don't have any money. <laughs> right. Right? You'd say, what do you mean just so there's no misunderstanding? It's a restaurant. There were prices on the menu. You, you have to have money. No, I never said I had any money. Right. I just came in and asked for food. Right. I never, I never said to you that I have any money. If hey, you make those assumptions, that's your business, right? But there are certain norms to human behavior that it's pretty jerky to pretend that they're confusing or that they're pro like you, you flirt with someone, they ask you out. You, I mean, you don't say that you have a girl. First, you don't flirt with anyone if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You just don't. You just don't and 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 if you do you say i'm i'm really sorry like if i mean if i was in that situation i mean lord knows how right some alternate life right i'd say oh look i'm i'm really sorry i find you very attractive i really am enjoying my conversation with you i have been flirting with you i i i have a girlfriend and it is not right, uh, and I've, I've done you wrong. It's not right. I've misled. I've confused. I, I really apologize. Um, I, I, you know, I really would like to keep chatting. Obviously, I have some stuff to work out in my relationship, to say the least, but it's not fair for me to do what I did, and I'm really, really sorry. Not like, hey, just so there's no misunderstanding, I ordered the food, but I don't have any money, right? That's after the fact, right? And so this was a very challenging moment for you, a very challenging moment, because there's something awful that would have happened in the past if you had called someone on that kind of surreptitious injection of near-pure crazy, right? Yeah, I, when I got in my truck and drove away, I, I just started crying. Right. 
Right. So that moment where he says, all right, we haven't had much luck with the RTR. So let's go to fantasy Wonder Woman tough person, which you definitely have within you, right? Mm-hmm. What would you have loved to say to this guy at the time? Um, oh, man. Now, it could be, please bend over, sir. I think I found a place for your canoe. Yeah, it's something along those something lines. Something along those lines. No, but but what would you really have liked to um, to say to this guy in that moment where he said, by the way, just so there's no misunderstanding, I do have a girlfriend. Because your response was to fall into his crazy, right? And say, well, it's not like a date. You can bring your girlfriend. I'm fine with that, right? <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I, I know I'm sorry, but I mean, I, I really sympathize with that reaction and I, I totally understand it, I think. But what would you have really liked to say to, to this person and to all the other people in our lives who pull this kind of stuff? And it's not like everyone, but it's enough that I think we all have some annoyance over, if not anger, over these kinds of situations. No luck with that one, eh? I, mean, I guess your other words was, well, why, why are you flirting, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, that to me is sort of, that puts the ball back in his court, right? Right. I, I'm getting how dare you, and then it goes blank for me. But that's good. How dare you is, I think, quite valid. Yeah. Like, how dare you? How dare you flirt with me? I ask you out. And it's not it's, it's not even, I mean, the thing that pops into my mind, and I'm certainly not trying to put words in your mouth, but, but this is sort of what pops into my mind. And I can share a similar situation if you're at all interested. But it'd be something like this. It's like, okay, so you've known me for eight months off and on. We've been chatting. Uh, we've been flirting a little bit. I ask you out. You accept going out. And then on the way out, you say to me, just so there's no misunderstanding, And it's not even that you didn't tell me you have a girlfriend. It's not even that you accepted my invitation on a date without telling me your girlfriend. It's not even that you're telling me now that bothers me so much, buddy. What bothers me is that you have this vague inkling that somehow it would be me who's misunderstanding the situation. That I'm just so confused that I misread social cues. Very innocent things. I suddenly spin into this relationship or this potential relationship. No, you were leading me on. You were flirting with me. You accepted an invitation that was clearly a date. And then you say, just so there's no misunderstanding, hey, buddy, this is a misunderstanding that you have fueled and created. Don't you dare put this misunderstanding on me. You jerk me around and then you blame me for being confused or potentially confused. That is ridiculous. Right. I I think that uh, you should go to your girlfriend. She's obviously a very lucky woman. <laughs> what a catch. I will watch you go thinking there goes the best man I'll ever know. <laughs> what a prince. Because you know, I think that it's really really important to have complicated and confusing mind games before we even have our first date. Oh, what a beautiful thing that is to behold as what's coming rolling down the future like the big huge 
stoneball at the beginning of Indiana Jones. Look at that. We have mind games and passive aggressive jerking around and projection before we've even left the parking lot after I asked you out on our first date. Thank you for that blinding flash of clarity, stupid. Oh. oh, man. Oh, man. And if you ever come back to this restaurant, <laughs> I can promise you, no matter what you order, I will be adding my own special sauce. And I'll give you several guesses as to what that might be. But let me tell you this. It's a good thing you're a, bio, you're a biologist because you're going to need some pretty sophisticated equipment to find out not only where it is, but where the hell it came from in my body. <laughs> what a jerk! Oh my god! <laughs> the, you, you may have guessed that I've had some similar situations. I have so many fantasy rebuttals and speeches going around. <laughs> Ridiculous, but anyway, but but those are I mean those are the kind of situations. I mean those are the thoughts that would be rolling around in in, in my head. Oh man! That just totally blew my mind. What did? What I was just saying. <laughs> the whole thing. Right. Let's tell me what you The whole thing. I'm feeling really sad. All right. And angry. Right. Right. Pissed. <laughs> I've been, I've been like searching for anything that I could be doing wrong in this interaction. I have changed my behavior. I have... <laughs> Sorry, now which interaction do you mean? You mean since then? Yeah, since then. Right, well, do you, do you want to tell me what's happened since? <laughs> Not really. Is it? No, okay, I can understand that. So what you're saying is it doesn't get better from here, right? Oh, it goes, it's the same exact thing. Where you get cross signals, you get mixed signals, and then he blames you for being confused? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel confused, and I'm like, oh, wait, what what, what am I doing? What could I do better? Um, I must have a conclusion here. I'm working with the wrong premise. All of this intellectual stuff. Right. And, uh... Oh, man. (laughs) Now... Tell me about the again. Let's just go back to that moment. And uh, yeah. please, uh, listen. I, I, I really, I do, I do get that you're really feeling strongly, and I really want to focus on that. And and please let me know if I, if you feel that I'm sort of brushing past your emotions. I really, I really want to know where it's coming from. But I was really struck by what you said when you talked about the first moment was one of humiliation. Yeah. And tell me uh, a little bit more about that. So he says, listen, just so there's no misunderstanding, I do have a girlfriend. This is how these guys always sound to me. They've got these pencil-thin mustaches and vaguely smelly smoking (laughs) jackets and and so on. They don't absolutely do not come with canoes. But but, but, so you felt humiliated. And uh, just tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, 
Um, yeah, I, I felt like, um, um, I haven't thought about this yet, so I'm just trying to kind of. It's hard to put this shit into practice, isn't it? It really is hard because this is all like what happened in the first moment, self-RTR. But this is, again, this is not any sort of negativity because Lord knows I don't do this stuff nearly as regularly as I should or as I preach. But it's really hard to do this stuff, right? Because we yeah. get swept up in this blazing defense and, and, and history of the moment. And it's just, I just wanted, like, it's really hard to do this stuff because this is all stuff that intellectually you know you need to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but it's weeks and weeks and and it's and it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So so tell me about this humiliation. Did you feel humiliation like you had done something wrong? Like you had somehow misunderstood something? Yeah, yeah. Like it was um, like there was something that I wasn't getting in in the interactions we had before, or like like was he flirting? Maybe he was just being nice. Um, like maybe like my uh, my uh, you know uh, what do you call it <laughs> your radar kind of your radar, social yeah, cues exactly. and so on right is is off and I um, like and how could I not have seen this before and or you know thought about this and as a possibility and um, yeah like I should have known without him telling me. Right. Okay. So, so your social radar tracking unconscious EQ or emotional intelligence or whatever um, you felt was, was way off and that that exposed you to um, humiliation, to, to just getting things plain wrong, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> just a very tiny speech and then we'll get back to it, but I think it's important. I am so much more committed to the philosophy that we talk about here since becoming a parent than I ever was before. And I was pretty fucking committed before, but I am a million times more so because I see the degree to which um, my daughter, she just turned 14 months. She has incredible social instincts, incredible social instincts. She's born with them. I mean, uh, just a very, very brief example of what I mean, right? So uh, I take her to, to the library or to, to, do we go to, I take her to play center. So if, if my wife's around, we'll go too. she'll go too. And so she's gets to, she gets the enormous joys of interacting with other children. Right. I mean, it's a, and, and I sort of feel that's just a gauntlet she has to run because she's going to have to deal with other kids. Right. At other at, at points. Right. But I'm always a little bit edgy because I view kids as kind of uh, most kids is a little random, a little, you know, and not, not all, some of them, are, a few of them are nice, but they're a bit random. Now, when someone is being genuinely nice to her, like a kid comes over and, you know, wants to interact with her and so on, she's, she, she lights up, right? But when a kid comes over and is kind of, you know how kids can be kind of like they'll, they'll th- they're kind of throwy, they're kind of like their arms flail around, they're just a little bit dissociated and out of control, she immediately will start to withdraw or to she will not give them that same uh, positive feedback. If someone does something to make her laugh, um, and it's genuine, like it's warm-hearted and, and funny, then she will laugh. But if some kid comes along with like, you know, like it's where it's just too much, uh, she won't uh, respond as, as if it's funny, right? So she really is very accurately reading the unconsciouses of everyone around her. She is accurately perceiving their true natures and identities. And this is before she can 
regularly identify a piece of fruit <laughs> from, from a standpoint <laughs> of language. But she has this incredible social engine processing. And this is, I mean, this is why it was so great to read um, Alison Glopnik and, and Bloom and the other people who've written about uh, babies developing emotional intelligence. But social cues are more fundamental to us than language, you know, with the sample size of my daughter and some books that I've read, right? So this is just right. what I understand. So your social cues, your ability to accurately process social cues comes somewhere between suckling your first piece of breast milk and uh, putting your first two words together. It's really core. It is really embedded. And of course, we can understand that it makes perfect sense for kids to be able to read social cues in their environment because kids who were offensive um, would be abandoned or whatever, right? So the reason that I'm telling you this narrative is that you, you have social instincts and they're very powerful. They, they, you have them. They're embedded within you. But the problem is that they offended someone. Because as I talked about in the parenting series, children light up the souls of those around them with this very harsh, unforgiving light. And if the perceptiveness of children illuminates something in a caregiver that the caregiver can't handle, doesn't like, finds re repulsive, finds revolting, hates uh, in themselves or something, then that social processing intelligence of the baby, of the child, of the infant, of the toddler, represents what the caregiver perceives as a vicious attack upon them. Right. And so, and you don't have to get into any specifics. I'm, I'm obviously perfectly happy to listen, but I'm just sort of giving you the principles so that you can understand that your social intelligence was most likely attacked by somebody in your environment because the perceptiveness was offensive to his or her relationship with himself or herself. Yeah. Children see very, very deeply into the souls of those around them. And I, I, I see this, I mean, and my daughter, it is, I mean, it makes going through an airport security checkout look like you're encased in lead a thousand miles under the <laughs> earth, right, compared to this, right? Right. There was some someone posted based on a convo I had with someone recently about um, social cues. And how do we learn the second language? Well, you don't learn the second language. You have to be taught to 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 attack your own processing that is innate and natural about social cues. And that's why I think that moment where you feel humiliated. Is really, really uh, important because I think it represents a long history of you perceiving something in your environment and then being attacked for that perception. Does that does that ring a bell? Does that does that yeah. strike a chord? And do you want to talk about that? Do you want me to keep rambling? What would uh, work best for you? Um. <laughs> I, the connection I made was um, like the feeling of humiliation would be um, what would happen. Um, uh, what would happen after I um, after I actually 
expressed anger or or something like that from a um, a slight or a, not a slight that's not the right word but um you know from a from a wrongdoing from somebody else and and um and that a that anger would be punished like it was uh um the wrong thing to feel and so um and so I'd feel humiliation in that moment. And I, I know, I know that that's happened many, many, many times. And I, I still have a, a really difficult time um, um, remembering uh, my childhood. And, um, and I have gotten a few memories back recently. And I tell you what, this relationship sure brought up the Mika system like crazy. It's been incredible. And, and in this sense, it's not at all a waste, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, man. No. Yeah. It's been it's been so visceral and and the uh, I mean the visualizations have been amazing and I've talked to like twelve different characters. It's been incredible for that for sure. All right, now let me ask you another question uh, about sure. this humiliation. Yeah. Are you sure that it's yours? Hmm. Hmm. Right, because I, I, I think that it's very important. The first, the first thing I ask myself when I'm feeling a strong emotion is, um, is, is this mine or somebody else's? Right. Huh. Is this organic or is this inflicted? Yeah, it was a very, very strong feeling, and I mean, it moved me to tears. Because who was acting in a way that was humiliating? Oh, yeah. Was it you or was it the fellow? The fellow, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And he put he was in a situation where he could have been severely bitch-slapped. Not to call you a slap, <laughs> right? But, but he could have, uh, he could have, I mean, if you had had this conscious within your mind, yeah. then you would have said to him, I'm sorry, you what? You have a girlfriend? Right. Are you crazy? Right. What's the matter with you? Don't flirt with me for days. Have me ask you out and then, like the speech that I gave earlier, right? Yeah. That would have been very humiliating to him, right? Oh, yeah. It would. Like, and, and do you think your girlfriend is going to be very proud of this behavior? Are you going to be able to say, well, yes, I accepted an invitation from a single woman? And, right? He would have been very humiliated if you had. And look, I'm not saying please don't kick yourself or anything. I'm just saying that this humiliation that was in the air was not, I mean, you were acting to me with honor and integrity. And, and I think with courage. I mean, you, you found the guy uh, interesting, you, you wanted to get to know him better, you asked him out. I mean, that is all acting honestly above the board with the best of intentions in a way that is following your, your heart and, and so on, right? I mean, that seems to me this entirely good behavior. Right. What this turdomatic ass clan was doing was not <laughs> honorable. Right. Right? Right. So that's why I'm asking, is it even your humiliation? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh man, I would have loved to have been angry at that point. That would have been great. Well, still can. <laughs> right, he's still around. Right, he's still around. Um, and you know, maybe there are some dangerous spores. Not kidding, right? But, uh, but, but, but that's the important thing, right? Because it's important to me to always try and delineate the complexity of what is going on in a situation where I freeze or I panic or I. And look, it happens. It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. This is not you're not being left in the dust anywhere. We're all trying to struggle to stay conscious during these times of of great stressors. So what that means is that. When other people inflicted their emotional burdens on you, right? as DeMoss says, uh, the poison container, right? That the feelings that, he un- that are unbearable for the parent or caregiver get dumped into the child, right? It means that you were not allowed to establish boundaries where you don't accept those feelings. And in fact, I mean, not allowed is a nice way of putting it. it when, when people unjustly dump on us, I think that the, the fair and in fact, in the long run, the, the, the kind thing to do is to say, no, 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 this is not about me, right? Right. It's not about me is a fundamentally empowering statement to make. It's something I certainly had to do over the years, right? There's a few haters out there, right? So it's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with me. Right. It would be mad vanity to think that it has anything to do with me. And and in the same way, it would be mad vanity to think that the praise that people give me, which is far outweighs the haters, right? It would be mad vanity for me to say that the praise is all to do with me. It's not. People are, I mean, they're happy that I'm doing what I'm doing, but the praise is fundamentally, I think, a compliment to themselves, right? To, it's not fundamentally about me because, I mean... They just get some podcasts, but it's their own excitement, their own desire, their own sense of a higher, better, stronger, faster, more ethical purpose in life that is exciting them. And I think it's self-praise uh, for themselves, which I think is just and earned. Not, it's not fundamentally for me either, either way. But that, that thing where you say, put a, you, know, you put the big honking line in the sand and you say, it's just not about me. So he flirts and he accepts an invitation out and then he tries to, you know, imply that you're somehow confused if you don't magically divine that this guy who's been flirting and accepting date invitations is in fact embedded in a relationship, right? It's, it, it has nothing to do with you fundamentally, it, right? It's his shallowness, his insecurity, his vanity, his lack of love in his life. Right? I mean, he obviously doesn't love his girlfriend if he's willing to do this uh, kind of crappy behavior. Obviously, doesn't love himself if he's willing to confuse honorable, good, decent, honest women like yourself uh, and then give off mixed signals and then blame them for being confused. That's, that's petty and destructive in, in a small way. Uh, so it's, you know, it's got nothing to do with you, right? So, so if you feel that humiliation... first question to ask is whose is this?
you know, it's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this, right? I mean, you, you, you live in a sunny climate, right? So I'm sure you have, right? You look down, I don't know, I've had this a couple of times in my life. You look down on your leg, right? And you're like, that's a huge fucking wart. What the hell is that thing, right? And then you, you flick, you reach and you flick, it's just a piece of something stuck to your leg, right? Right? Where you, you sort of say, what the hell is that thing, right? And you brush it off, it's like, whoo, okay, good. <laughs> right? I'm not throwing another leg. Uh, it was just some, some crap on my leg, right? Right. So it's not part of my body. It just landed on me from someplace else, right? And that's the thing with something like humiliation. You're looking down, you're saying, oh, my God, this humiliation. All right. And say, wait a second, is this part of my body or is this something that somebody just retched up on me? Sure. Hmm. And the way to find out is that the negative feeling accrues to the person who's performing the negative behavior. I, that was a, I wish that was a more poetic way of doing it. Right? <laughs> the shit on your body comes from the person taking a dump in public. Maybe that's the more poetic way of putting it, right? You did not soil yourself, right? A seagull, right? Something landed on your hat, right? Right. Right. But, but I think that's, you know, if you are acting you know, honorably and courageously and so on, which it sounds to me completely like you were, humiliation does not result from being brave and courageous and honest and so on, right? Right. Right. And so if you're feeling that sense of humiliation and you've been acting in a, in a good way, First thing I look around, doot, 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 right? <laughs> send out the uh, the laser philosophy doves of attacking death killer instincts and say, okay, who's acting badly that I'm feeling this way? Right. Oh, man, I need to make a phone call. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I still don't know what happened. But, but no, listen, I mean, I know I've talked a lot and I, I didn't want to, to, again, blow past the feelings that you were having, but um, uh, is this is this in the realm of, of helpful? Is this useful? Is this... This is hugely, hugely, hugely helpful. And it's the... It's a... It's... Um, like, I was like... Like... Just kind of strolling past all of these red flags, and I'm like, well, at least I'm conscious that there are red flags. And then, oh man. Now, why, um, why, why did you want the call now rather than when this happened first? Um, I had a, <clears throat> I have a feeling, and it's a, it's a common um, thing for me where I kind of feel like. Like, um, like I can do this on my own. This is something, you know, like, like I'm a big, big girl or something like that. But it's a, like, yeah, it's like a feeling of, of like, if I don't, if I can't do this now, um, on my own, then how am I ever going to do this? And it's, it's kind of like a, a I guess a, a way to isolate myself. Um, right. From, uh, right. And the, the I'll solve it on my own is, is. It's a very perilous position, in my opinion, to be in. Right. Uh, as I've said before, and I'm sure I'll say again, problems created in solitude cannot be solved in solitude, right? Right. 
And if you have something where the first thing you feel is humiliation followed by an overcompensation to the point where you're reassuring this turdnip about his behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I uh, oh, don't bring your girlfriend. That'd be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Me? I was never. And you, dis- you disown your own prior actions. It's like, well, how could you have possibly imagined this? I get that it's not a date. Who would have imagined that it was a date, right? When, like, 30 seconds before, it's like, hey, I have a date, right? Right. Yeah. And and that's that's a clue that it might not be something that you can drag the full Titanic to the light of consciousness right away and that help just sounding board. I mean, I hope people understand, like I'm talking to people a lot too, right? I mean, I'm not sitting here sailing away in my Howard Rock splendor of sunshiny isolation, right? I'm constantly in conversation with people, right? Right. I, I don't think that I can do it alone. And you know why? Why would I want to? I spent 20 years having to do it alone. I spent 30 years having to do it alone. And they did, didn't work very well, frankly, at all. <laughs> right. Right. So why would I? I mean, I try to do, I, I'm very much one of the opposite, right? I'm the opposite guy, right? Whatever was going on in the past that caused these problems, I'm just going to grip my teeth. And I'm going to do the opposite. I'm like, because George Costanza in that crazy upside down Seinfeld world, you know, I'm just going to do the opposite. If every instinct I have is wrong, the opposite must be, must be right. 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 So for me, well, I was isolated as a kid, consciously and aggressively isolated by my family. So I'm not going to be isolated now. I'm not. I'm not because isolation is the same damn thing as the past. Right. Just do the opposite. And I'm not saying that it's ideal to have this, you know, massive Shakespearean speech turning this guy into a smoking ash of redundant hypocrisy in the parking lot. I'm not saying that that's the ideal. I think it's perfectly fine to pacify people in the moment. Oh, no, that's fine. And then just call and say, oh, the trip's off and we're not right. You can just shuffle this guy uh, out of your life without a backwards glance. It doesn't matter whether you can rise to the magnificence of speech in the moment, because Lord knows I don't have that for my own standard, because otherwise I'd just be constantly berating myself for not rising <laughs> to the heights of eloquence that I can in moments of stress and panic. Right. But the important thing is that you, you get it at least afterwards, right? In the drive home, and you say, wow, this was really a big a big thing for me. I really backtracked. I reversed. I And it wasn't like I did it as a conscious strategy. Like, I didn't look at this guy and say, Oh, are you kidding me, <laughs> Mr. Oily, slimy nipple dude? I mean, come on, right? You didn't sort of say, yeah, okay, fine, bring your girlfriend because I know what you're all about and know that you were consciously doing I think it was really unconscious, right? Yeah. No, yeah, the, the girl, like, uh, oh, she can come was, like, automatic, just, like, instantaneous. I did right, not so even think about it before yeah, you couldn't express your hurt, you couldn't express your shock, you couldn't express your anger, you couldn't, right? And it doesn't matter whether you express it to this guy, because where does he show up in the equation of your life? Nowhere, right? But the important thing is, can you express it to yourself? Oh, shit. I just thought... Otherwise, we end up focusing on the other person in that interaction. Ah, how am I going to get this person? How am I going to write... 
doesn't matter. Forget them. Forget them. Right? They're a plane flying by overhead while you're half asleep. Doesn't matter. It's a barely a rumble in the night sky. What matters is that you can say, can say it to yourself, that you can sit with your own thoughts and feelings and recognize what happened and accept what happened. And don't continue that self-rejection and reversal and self-attack afterwards. And trust. Trust your instincts. These instincts are so powerful. These social instincts are so powerful. I don't think they can be unlearned. I think that they can continually be pounded on, but I don't think they can be unlearned. Human beings can't be broken. Fundamentally, they can be turned to evil, in my opinion, but they can't be broken if they have any shred of integrity left. If human beings could be broken, we wouldn't need such a constant stream of propaganda from birth till death, right? Because at some point, like, let's say children could be turned into complete state drones by the age of 10. Well, then you'd be able to let them go out of school, and right? But, but you have to continually pound them with propaganda and flags and anthems and Olympics and <laughs> wars and the cults of personalities and Barack Obama's evil serpent silver tongue and right you you wouldn't need to keep propagandizing people if they could truly be broken and I I would say that your instincts are probably not I would just take the the assumption that they're bang on and don't join in other people in attacking your own instincts it's like you can conform in the moment but just say no this this was weird Uh, you know it just was weird yeah but you get so little, and the last speech, I promise, you, we all get so little agreement about basic, basic, basic things in life. Basic things in life. We just get no agreement from the people around us. And that is really chilling and something that I've obviously tried to remedy in my way through, through these kinds of conversations. I mean, I'm with you 150%. I think that, you know, and I've already told you what I think of this guy. But... We, we just don't get basic agreement about basic things in, in our life, right? So somebody treats us badly and we complain to someone, what do they always say? Oh, you must have misunderstood something. I'm sure they were just having a bad day. Well, you know, maybe you should uh, have said something such. Or maybe this or maybe that. Or Well, maybe they're just doing the best they can. Or, oh, you know, it's just an upset person lashing out. Don't take it personally. Minimize, 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 minimize all the time. Every single time we get upset, the whole fucking planet moves in to unplug and short circuit and dampen down any upset right. we might have, right? Right. And that's not a family thing, or even it's certainly not fundamental. It, it, it continues all the way through our life. I mean, you've, you've heard these psychologists that I'm talking to. What do they say, every single one of them? If only we had understanding, we would not have anger. And then at the same time, they will say all emotions are valid. Yeah. Well, which the fuck is it? <laughs> right? God. Is anger valid or not? If anger is valid, then don't drag it with this false sense of empathy and understanding. And if we knew the stories of our worst enemies, they wouldn't be our enemies. Fine. Yeah. Let's say anger is always unhealthy. Right. But then if anger is always unhealthy, we should react negatively to people who are angry. See, anyway, but they're not philosophers, so they, don't, they can avoid these basic logical problems quite easily. But even the professionals at the very forefront of the profession are unable to say that anger against injustice is healthy. Right. There's this false maturity in Zen and Buddhist and rising above it and right. 
turn the other cheek and all this sort of shit, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I really respect what these people are doing as a whole. I, I mean, I really do. But it seems that every single bit of social, familial, religious and political pressure is around short-circuiting any sense of anger or frustration at injustice. I mean, personal, tangible injustice that we can actually do something about, not imaginary FEMA camps and whatever, the Ron Paul candidacy that fails or, you know, but, but real stuff that happens in our life. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just running around the whole time, unplugging any kind of upset and anger that we might have. Right. And that's, that's a battle that I think we all have to fight to, to, to reclaim that essential part of us that is angry about the injustices that we feel in in this life. Because I swear to God, part of me just believes this is just about neutering the livestock. Hmm. Hmm. Right. So, and, and the reason I'm saying that is, is that it is important to look into your history to see where this sort of stuff came from, but it's not like it stopped. I bet. I mean, you must have friends. You must have told them about what this guy did. You must have taught. And did you get any sense of clarity? No. 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 I went back and forth a lot. And I, I mean, I know they worked really hard, but. Um... And that's, that's important. And look, it's not because your friends are bad and it's not because you're insecure and it's not, this is the reality of the world that we live in, that anger, I mean, it's so weird. We can be relatively comfortable with war, right? We can be relatively comfortable with dropping bombs on children, but you can't get angry at a small piece of assholery in a restaurant. Right. This is how fucked up our value systems are. And this is why everybody's anger is, we're so angry and we're always repressed and told to never get angry. And this is why, in many ways, war happens. Right. It's got to go somewhere, right? Sure. Anyway, I'm sorry I said that was going to be a short speech, but I just, I really wanted to sympathize with this and, and just to point out that I think it is a pretty, it's a pretty universal thing that is, that is going on in terms of if you get angry, everybody moves in to quell that, to tell you that you're wrong, that you're overreacting, that you must have misunderstood something that the other person, right? Mm-hmm. Happy, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Yeah. After after that interaction too with um with the uh, um you know canoe and ass thing. <laughs> um. Basically, the um he asked me. He had the nerve to ask me. Um. Or, or, or say, I noticed that you were um, a little cold and distant after I told you, you had, I had a girlfriend. And I, oh, man. 
Oh I man, he's just playing to you like an expert angler, right? Freaking but go on, go on. Oh man, and I, I totally, I was like, well, maybe you're right. <laughs> and I started actually thinking about it and looking into, it. okay, what was I feeling? And I, I was like, I'm in an impossible situation, and, um, you know, because, um, oh man, oh, this is disgusting. So then he's going to help you. He's going to help you, see, <laughs> to, to figure out why you were upset when he treated you badly. Very sweet of him. It's nice, isn't it? I mean, because he's all about the carrier. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, I want to puke. Right. And it tells you everything that you need to know about his family and his upbringing and how he's dealt with things, or rather not dealt with things, but rather inflicted them upon others. Yeah. And that is... Um... Not a good thing. That is not a good thing. Oh, oh man, thank you so much. Oh, anytime. I know. I mean, I know it's tough for me to, to find a good time for these combos, but I mean, I really do like talking to you people. You're so smart. I mean, it really is. It's a real pleasure. Uh, and, um, well, you definitely helped me get in touch with my anger. Which is... <laughs> well, good. Uh, and look, I'm not saying you've got to go and nuke this guy, right? I hope you understand that. I mean, obviously you can do whatever you want. I mean, you're, sure, you're a smart like it, and wise woman, but, um, the important thing is not to focus on him, but to focus on you. The one thing I thought that was just fantastic, I mean, I thought Dr. Matei said some fantastic things, but the one thing that just knocked my socks off was when he said, we don't have dysfunctional, we don't have toxic relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. We only have a toxic relationship with ourselves. Right. And other, you know, and, and then he went off onto, you know, <laughs> and I tried to corner him on the... <laughs> Uh, you know, and he did, you know, to his to his credit, he did stand up and say, yeah, you, you get toxic and unrepentant people out of your life. Right. So he did. You know, he did step up, though. You know, he seemed to think that, that really only meant somebody who was about to knife you. But uh, nonetheless, right. you know, he did he did step up. And that's I think that's great. But um, uh, it's not fundamentally about him. I know you're going to want to take it all out on him. And I'm not saying you know, do what you want. Trust your instincts. But fundamentally, uh, it's about your relationship with yourself when you felt that and you felt it and you owned it as your problem yeah right and that is not even remotely philosophical because how do you know it's your problem or your feeling right it's what dr Matei said he said it can reactivate i think it was or dr gooding it can re it, the, the toxicity will reactivate those parts of your brain that were harmed in the past by similar things. It can reactivate, reactivate. So how do you even know? I mean, because those, those parts of our brains that are wounded and, and hurt and, and those aren't ours either, right? I mean, the, our relationship to our scars is very complex, right? But if somebody stabs me in the side, that's not part of my body. That's an injury my body has received. Right. I don't own that scar. The person who stabbed me in the side is the one who owns that scar. It's his scar. Right. It's not mine. I own the choices that I make. I own 
having my own teeth, <laughs> right? I own uh, my weight, right? Because these are things that I can sort of manage and control, right? I own whether I go to the gym or not. I don't own the scar tissue from a stab wound. That's somebody else's moral ownership. And so if that reactivation is occurring, first question to say is, is I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what this is. I feel this way and I don't know why, right? That's the RTR thing. I feel this and I don't know why. It doesn't matter whether you say it to the guy. In fact, I would not say it to the guy because it means already indicated that he's not trustworthy, right? Oh, right, 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 right. But I would ask that question to myself. And if I can't figure it out, and a lot of times I can't, I would ask people who I trust. Yeah, and I've I've also um, during the last I don't know a couple of weeks or so I've noticed a like a, almost a numbing or like like that my um, my strong feelings were a little bit numbed um, in the conversations I've had with my friends uh, in the last couple of weeks. It was actually one of them who who pointed it out because I was I was starting to like um, like when they'd ask me what I felt I would say what I thought or say something else something that. And, you know, and I know how to do this stuff. I've done it for quite a while now, but, um, but that was something that I definitely noticed just from, you know, this, the time that I spent with, with this guy. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not causal, but it, I mean, for sure it was. Oh yeah. Look, that, I mean, look, if, if you go through that, that shock of humiliation and then you start to blame yourself, you own it, you dissociate, you re-expose yourself to this, this fellow, uh, for sure that is going to have a significant impact on your relationship with yourself, right? And it all just snowballs from there, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, there was a time, there was a, a point in time during this where I, uh, where I, I felt split. And it was a really interesting, I've never really felt that way before, but um, like in the very beginning of this, I kind of, like, I felt pretty good about myself as far as, um, like, I didn't have anything to hide. I felt very much like, a, you know, and, and I've never really experienced that um, in a relationship where, like, I was pretty much proud of everything that I was doing and, and everything that I was saying and thinking. And, and it was the same, you know. And then at some point, I, I felt this, like, kind of split where I, where I, um, like kind of a, a, oh, I don't know how to explain it. Um, like a feeling of not being whole. Right. Whereas I felt whole before. Right, right. And, and I think that makes sense. I mean, given, given what happened and your response to it, I think that makes sense. Right. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Oh, I so needed this. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I, it sounds like you mean you want to talk with yourself and all that, so I don't think that's much more than that I wanted to add. But, I mean, was the conversation, I mean, it sounds like it was great and useful and helpful. Is there anything that I could have done better or differently um, in terms of uh, uh, what we talked about? No, I think it was it was just it was just great. I I can't think of anything that that I would change about it. Oh, fantastic! Oh, anytime, anytime, and and uh, do do keep me or or us posted 
uh, about about what happened. So I'm certainly uh, love to be a fly on the wall in your next conversation, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> maybe too much to ask you to get a recorder. But um, <laughs> uh, I certainly do do keep us posted about what happens. Okay, sounds great. Okay, all the best. Thank you. Bye.